Today we are going to be continuing a message that we started three weeks back titled Winning the War Within. Y'all say that with me. Winning the War Within. Amen. If you didn't know, I'm here to tell you today that every day you wake up, every day that you have breath in your body and life that God blesses us with, we are in a spiritual battle every single day. Did you know that? And so every single day we wake up, if I'm not conscious, uh, there's a scheme of the enemy to kill, steal, and destroy my peace and my joy, the things of good things that God wants to do in my life. And it's nine times out of ten because I'm being led astray by this, this, this thing we call flesh, right? My body. And, and it experiences things in the world and it sees things. And I experience uh, temptations and offense. Uh, and I have a stinking way of thinking, Right? I need to be renew my mind and my, my, my brain as a part of this, this body. And so winning the war with, within, who likes to win? Who likes to win at things, right? Any, any Bama fans this morning? Man, we had a tough one last night. We pulled it out though, right, Pete? I was a little, a little close for comfort, but I like to win. When you win it, it does something on the inside of you. It doesn't just feel good. It, it continues to motivate you to continue to do the right things. The Braves won last night. Yeah, they're going to the World Series. Right? So winning is, winning is good, but I want to tell you that no football game, baseball game, playoff game, championship game, to whatever sport you fill in the blank has anything to compare to the kingdom wins that God wants to do in our lives day in and day out. Right? And that battle that we're in, this spiritual battle where my spirit and my flesh collide, where God says, do this, nine times out of ten, my flesh is like, ugh, that's going to kind of hurt, right? Or that's uncomfortable. Or God says, don't do this, and my flesh wants to rise up, right? No, I want to do that. I, that feels good. I, I want to do these things. And where that battle takes place, what we've been talking about last couple weeks, is it takes place right in here, in your mind, and your mind, we said, is that invisible thing that you know is there but you can't see. And that invisible thing, that piece of your mind, is actually what controls your brain and your thoughts. And if we could renew our minds by washing it with the Word of God and aligning, aligning my thoughts and my desires with Him, y'all, we'd get better. And who wants to get better? And man, who wants to have wins, not just for you spiritually and personally, but for your kids, for your grandkids? Amen. Kingdom wins. I love when God wins in the church and especially out there. Because you don't need me to stand up here and tell you that it's a dark, dark, depressing world. And if we're led by our flesh every single day, we don't stop, take the time to spend time with Him through prayer and through His Word. We will look and act and smell and talk just like the world. And we can't change things. We can't win things for the kingdom of God if we do that. God wants us to stand out, right? So let's look at that first foundational scripture that we gave you. It comes out of Romans 8, 5 through 6, okay? It says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature, what? Think. Think. We're talking about renewing our minds, right? Winning the war within on the battlefield of our minds. I want you to highlight that little word. Underline that little word, think. Think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, there it is again, think about things that please the Spirit. Think about the same things God thinks about. Seize the world the same way God sees the world. Give us forgiveness the same way God gives forgiveness. Right? Loves others the same way God loves others. It all starts with our thoughts. It all starts with our thinking, church. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, destruction, despair, depression. The I can't, the I won't, the, the, it's not enough. It's chasing this, it's death, perpetual death. But letting the Spirit control your, there it is, mind leads to life and peace. I feel like I say this all the time, but it's because I want life and peace. But who, who wants some life and peace on your daily basis? Right? 
Maybe it's as simple as having life in peace. It's as simple as your thoughts. Choosing to think about the good things. Choosing life. Choosing peace. Here's the thing. Our thoughts are powerful. And some of us have had these same thoughts. Thoughts that don't agree with God. Thoughts that see yourself in a less than mentality. Thoughts that see yourself as unlovable, unforgivable. All these things. And it's powerful. It's keeping you stuck and down and bound. And it's, it's, it's stealing every good thing that God wants to do in you. Our thoughts are powerful. And our thoughts, the Lord showed me, actually control our direction of life. And if our thoughts control our direction, our actions, our attitude, our directions of life, that ultimately means, you know, if you're going in a certain direction, you're eventually going to reach a what? Destination. So all of us as believers, all of us as Christians, we have this this idea, this, this, this vision for my life, this destination I want to get to. Maybe call it success. And, and I'm trying to get there, and I'm spinning my wheels. I'm spinning my gears. I'm doing all these things. I might even be praying. I might even be reading the Word of God. But I'm not changing the way that I think about that thing. And so I'm actually, my thoughts are actually propelling my actions in my life. I'm trying to get here, but I'm going this way. Y'all see that? You can never get here if you don't change the direction and the course of your life. And if we want life and peace, the way to do that is I have to think about the things of God. Amen. Look at that, that first recap point. We said this. Whoever wins the battle for your mind on a daily basis, right, wins that war. What types of thoughts do you routinely have? Are they good thoughts? Are they bad thoughts? Are they, are they sinful thoughts? Or are they lustful thoughts? Because the more you have them, and the more you don't take them and deal with them before God, taking them in obedience to, to Christ and uh, asking where these thoughts came from, they begin to control our life and they begin to control our direction, to control our attitudes. And that, the rest of that point, it says you're either rich or poor, healthy or unhealthy, joyful or depressed, relationally fulfilled or dysfunctional, victorious or defeated, Spiritual or carnal, all based on our thoughts. You ever heard me say, you can have what you say? Or ever heard Pastor Keith say that? Anybody? I've said that a lot. Are y'all just being shy? Maybe I was lying to you, though. So maybe it's good that you never heard me say that. Maybe it has to start with, we can have what we think. <laughs> because you know how you manifest your thoughts? With words. Before your, your words become words, you had a thought. And so if I claim that thought that I'm not enough, I claim that thought that nobody likes me, I claim that thought that this is too hard or I can't do this, it becomes words. I'll speak them to myself and my life will represent what I think up here. God wants to renew that and, and show you for you to see and know that you're loved, that he's for you. We sung about it this morning, that you're called, you're appointed, that you're a child of God, and if you choose him and his ways, that you can have a blessed life here on earth, and he'll also call you home one day into the heavenly places. That's where I want to go. Anybody just want to go with me? Right? And so, but you have to begin to believe that and think that. I'm loved by God. I'm forgiven by God. And these have to be daily thoughts. And the longer I walk this out, the more my life begins to change, right? And the stronger I actually become as I begin to believe these and speak these things and pray these things, right? Who remembers what Proverbs 27.3 says? We gave it to you two, two weeks ago. As a man thinketh, so is he. I had this thought. Another way to say that verse is we live at the level of our thinking. You can live at the level of your thinking. If, if you're in a dark place, you'll stay there. God says, trust me, trust the process. Trust the people I've surrounded, the good people I've surrounded you with, and you can get better. You're going to have to put up a fight. 
I already told you it's not your choice. You have a fight to fight every day you wake up. And it's there staring you in the face whether, whether you like it or not. And we have to be on guard, be on purpose, be on the offensive to, to hold on to our freedom and to hold on to the good things that God wants to do for us. All right? So what we have, or we can have, excuse me, what we think. We can change our unhealthy actions, words, habits by simply just changing our minds about the circumstances. That circumstance that keeps staring you in the face, I promise you, is probably not near as bad as you've made it out to be. Isn't it amazing how imaginative we become for the negative things of life? We play out these scenarios and we daydream about this thing. It's, we puff it up. We have a tendency to exaggerate and embellish. And we've made this, this fight harder than it really is. Truth be told, when that fight comes in and comes against you and there's a moment to be tempted and a moment to say yes to God and no to the devil, you're just not fighting, to be honest. You're just not fighting. You're just saying, I don't have the energy. Just, And we relinquish our lives and our thoughts. And the whole time, God's still for us. But I wonder if he just is, is thinking, child of God, arise, get up. Be who I've made you to be. Be an example for others to see. Right? Look at that next point. We said this last week. Your thoughts can change the shape of your actual brain. And they've studied this out. And we give you that book at the week one, that extra uh, resource for you by Dr. Leaf. The book titled Switching on Your Brain. If you want to do some extra studying on your alone time throughout this week. And they've actually scientifically proven that our thoughts can actually change the genetic makeup of our actual physical brains, and we can pass that on. It's genetic DNA that we actually can pass on, and it says your brain to determine how your DNA is expressed, and this is called epigenetic modification. Let's all say that together again like we did a couple weeks ago. Epigenetic modification. (laughs) We all sound good and smart this morning. And so that's just a fancy scientific term of what I just shared with you is that, let me explain it to you like this. We can pass on victories that you've had in Jesus' name. Victories overcoming addictions, sin, tests, trials, habits, hang-ups. You can actually pass those on. It's scientifically proven. Or you can continue to pass on. What's sad to say is the world is continuing to pass on. More, more despair, more death, more, more addictions, more habits. And I shared, I'm so thankful that little Xander is going to be, uh, he's been passed down victories that Pastor Jessica's had and that I've had in my life. He's still going to have to choose, but I don't believe that the types of battles and fights he's going to have to have are going to be like the ones I had, right? Because I did come from an alcoholic family, and I've shared that, and I end up going that way. And so that is still in my genetic makeup, but you know what blood flows through my veins now? The blood of Jesus. Amen. And I, I've been clean and sober for almost 10 years now. And it's nothing I've done. And, and I, I'm still in the process. Ian ain't arrived. We're going to talk about this process of continually renewing our minds and walking this daily faith out because that's what it is. See, the, the, at the beginning, it's, it's tough. When Ian started, it was tough. But the longer I go, the stronger I get. And I, you can pass those types of victories on to your kids. Does that sound good to anybody? And your grandkids. Thing is, the responsibility is ours. Responsibility is yours. Amen. Look at Romans 12, too. And generally, whenever the church is talking about changing our, our ways or changing our thinking or changing our minds, we, we, we always go to this scripture, right? And so we've talked about it a little bit last couple weeks, but today this is really kind of where we're going to hang out based on the rest of the things we say. And it says there, do not be, y'all probably know this popular verse, right? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, right? Transformed by the renewing of your what? Mind. By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Here's the battle. We're talking about winning the battle within. The battle with my spirit and my flesh. 
And the world comes directly in opposition to the things of God. And the world wants to conform you to its pattern, to its ways. It does. It wants to stereotype you and lump you and group you and categorize you and tell you that you're this and tell you that you're not this and tell you that you're this and this and this so that you can be just as disheartened and depressed and in despair and addicted to all the things that the world's addicted to because you're this way. God says, don't be conformed, be transformed. And his church, if his church looks, acts, talks like the world out there, ain't nothing going to change. Kingdom wins are not going to happen. And it has to start with our personal spiritual lives. On a daily basis, I have to transform. I have to align my thoughts and ways and even desires with his. And the longer I do that and wash my mind with with good thoughts and and pure thoughts and good things, and I'm watching the right things, and I'm listening to the right things, right? The more He transforms me, and the more I become the light of Christ, right? And the more I become the salt of the earth, right? Because here's here's a picture for you. A lot of the world, a lot of worldly Christians, they want to live right at that line. Let's say this line right here, is the line of, of sin. Just on the other side of it, is anything wrong, right? And Christians, they want to live for God, but they want to live right up to that line. Well, if I just don't do that, I can, if I, I can keep watching this, I, I, I'm good. God, you, can you change the world if you're, if you're living close to the line? God, want, in reality, He wants us as far away from that metaphorical line, whatever you want to call it, is possible. The farther away you get from that line, the brighter you shine. The more flavor of your life will be demonstrated for the world to see. The saltier you'll be, I guess. I want to be over here, right? And I want to lead by example. And he wants to transform us in this way, by re- renewing our minds with his, wor- with his word. word. And the world, y'all, it wants to master you. It wants to stifle any good thing from God. And if you're living up close to that line, you are one thought, decision. You are one bad day, bad encounter with a person, one offense, one thing away from just jumping on in. I talked about the current of the world, right? It is moving a million miles an hour, and it will suck you in. And when you get sucked in, you can't even decide what is truth anymore. I care about your soul more than that. I, I, I want to see you flourish in the kingdom of God. Amen? So if you're struggling about something, see somebody. Come see me. Come talk to me. Come see one of our leaders. We won't judge you. We will, we will help you. I mean, I want to see you in this process of transformation continue to transform for His glory. Amen? And so that's what I said we're going to talk about is this transformation process. And somebody say process. This is what I want us to get and to, to recognize, to see, and to remember. That this life of faith, until Jesus comes back and He calls us home, we're never going to arrive. So are you good with that? And that scripture that we just read out of Romans 12, that word transformed is the Greek word metamorphos. That's where that word's derived from. And metamorphos is where we get our English word metamorphosis. Who knows what metamorphosis is? There's a few things that happen in nature that reflect this simple truth of, of, of an amazing thing that God does to certain uh, Organisms, I guess you'd call them, animals. And so, y'all ever heard about the tadpole becoming a frog? Right, it's that process. And there's the metamorphosis of a, a, a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. Isn't that amazing? It literally changes its entire being. But when I tell you that, we have this, this, this thing that we do. We just say, oh, the caterpillar turns into the butterfly. Oh, glory, hallelujah, right? And it's good, but we forget that there's this process that it goes through. 
And so you and I are in the middle of that process on a daily basis. God is changing us from glory to glory. I'm glad you're tracking with me. Glory to glory. And until he says, enter in my good and faithfulness, or my good and faithful servant, excuse me. I had to preach an Arab today. Did y'all know that? I got to preach an Arab, so I had to book it to get here. But uh, it was awesome. But until he says, enter in my good and faithful servant, that transformation process is not complete. And so are you good with that? Can you say yes to Jesus when the days get tough? Can you say yes to Jesus when you're about ready to give up? Can you say yes to Jesus when your kids are throwing a temper tantrum, doing all the wrong things, or when somebody hurts you or offends you? Can you continue on this process of metamorphosis, this transformation that God wants to do in us? Right? Good stuff. Look at that next point. So your spirit, soul, and body, we broke that down for you that maybe you never saw that or thought of that way, that we all are spirit, we have a soul, and right now we are contained, living in a body, right? And the mind, our will, and emotions make up our soul, and part of the body that we're talking about for this study is our brain, one of the most important parts. They are remarkable. As we start off today with a new part of this message, This is what I want you to get. I want want to lay this groundwork that God made you the way he made you for a reason. You're perfect in his sight. He formed and fashioned you exactly the way he commanded. The thing is, we can't compare ourselves to others, right? You were created in the image of God. This is what I want you to get. You are intelligent and you are capable of doing more than you ever thought or imagined. The Word of God actually tells us that we're created in His image. I just want you to think on that thought for a moment. Because I don't know about you, but my God is awesome. My God is truth. My God is perfect. My God is good times a million. Good over good over good. He is merciful. And so God says we're created in His image, in His likeness. So all those things I just shared, the, the awesomeness, the, the goodness, the love is inside of you somewhere. Just waiting for you to invite the Holy Spirit to awaken those things in your life. Because when you begin to believe that God made you perfectly, and hey, our failures are not His. We have a tendency to think, well, I did these things, or these things happened to me, or I missed it. Those failures aren't on him, right? Those failures are on me. And so God is still good. He's still pleasing. He's still perfect. And so when I see that God made me in his image, I can begin to believe that God left nothing out. God left nothing out when he made you. Everything that he wants to do in and through you is already in you. But it's not you that can complete the task. You can try. You can try to do it in your own power and strength and flesh, and you'll fail, and you'll fail, and you'll fail. And you might even begin to blame your failures on him, which I see people do. But if you rely and trust Him, stay in His process, amazing things, amazing victories, we want to win, right? will begin to pile up, compile upon itself, and you'll begin to live in victory. You'll begin to have freedom. You'll begin to accomplish amazing things. Look at Genesis 127, right? This is right where God tells us. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. Now, I know this is when Adam and Eve, before the sin entered the world and they, they failed the test of temptation. Sometimes, does, do any of y'all just sit and think about Adam sometimes and just go, man, why? Or is that just me? I'm like, Adam, dude, you had it made. Right? You were walking and fellowshipping and talking with God face to face every single, why, man? 
as soon as that happened, right? We're still created in the image and likeness of God, but now we have this battle that we were never expected to have to fight, right? And so just imagine, though, God, he made you in his image. He made you in his image. He didn't leave nothing out, and you are perfect in his sight, amen? Look at Matthew 17, 20. It says, so Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move to here and there, and it will move, and nothing will be, what? Impossible for you. Jesus says if you first believe by faith and then speak to the impossible circumstances, that they can be moved, they can be uprooted, and you can have victory. The process to our victory starts, though, with our thinking. Because Jesus says, first, you have to have faith. You have to believe. Because you're probably not going to speak to the mountain before you first believe it. And once you believe it, then you can begin to speak to it in faith. And this is, this is what really what we have to do. As Christians, believers, as the church, we have to take impossible literally out of our vocabulary. We have to take impossible out of our vocabulary. We have to take impossible out of our thoughts. Because Jesus said, I serve my Father, the God of, who makes the impossible possible. I don't believe God sees impossibilities. I believe God sees possible, 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 possible. Y'all, what, what would happen if we made that our daily thought, our daily confession, when we woke up? Father God, I thank you for today. Lord, I believe it's possible. I believe when I get to work today, I'm not going to lose my temper. I'm not going to lose my cool. When Billy Bob says that thing, he normally says to me, I'm going to walk in peace and joy. It's going to be possible. God, I thank you for that, that thing my kid is going through. And I don't believe the, what the world says or shows me about that thing. God, I believe it's possible. I thank you that you're changing us from glory to glory. God, I believe it's possible. See, this is the process I'm talking This is the type of thoughts that we have to have. These are the type of conversations that you have to have with yourself every single day. This is how we fight. This is how you mentally, spiritually put up a fight. And you have to stay on it. You, ha you, ha you have to cultivate this thing on your own. God, it's possible. God, I believe. And even sometimes it might get harder before it gets better. And, and if, you're, if you're not your own biggest prayer warrior, your own biggest praiser, the, just on the other side of that darkest hour is the blessing and the miracle that's going to happen. And, and the enemy wants to rob you of that. And he's going to come at you right up until the breaking point. And what if we just believed it was possible? Healing for people. People going through real things. People going through cancer. You fill in the blank. They need to believe that those things are possible because, y'all, I don't know if you've read this book or not. My God's a healer. He can. But my faith has to come in agreement with the fact that he can. My doubt is what robs me, is what, is what keeps me Maybe from that blessing, right? And so we have to train the way that we think, right? Look at that next point. And this is an amazing statement. So God, think of it like this. God made your brain, your body, to perfectly reflect the condition of your soul. The problem we have today is a spiritual condition. See, and the world wants to try and cure something that is inside by all these external avenues. Let's put a Band-Aid on it. Let's prescribe you this medication. Let's prescribe you uh, this drug or this alcohol. Or just watch enough of this and you'll feel better and that problem will go away. It actually compounds the issue. It compounds the problem because they're trying to put all these things on top of a thing that's inside. We're all broken. By sin, and the only thing that can fill that void is Jesus. 
Christ himself and the spirit of God that he gave. Right? And so the world is spiritually sick trying to heal itself in all of these crazy ways, ideas. And if you don't know and recognize that maybe I feel this way or I'm acting this way because I have, a, I have an inner hurt or something is wrong with me spiritually, I'm allowing these things in my life, then you'll stay the same. You were created, this is what I want you to get, you were created to prosper. This explains the battle within, right? Satan knows the only way to destroy your life is to attack your mind. If you are spiritually sick in here, you will never physically thrive. If you're spiritually sick, if you're spiritually dead, you will never thrive in the kingdom of God. We either have to be alive in Christ or we are dead to sin. And so if I'm spiritually sick, y'all, you need to set up an appointment with the healer in Jesus' name. You know what? His schedule is always open. You can meet with him at 3 in the morning. You can meet with him at 6 in the morning. You can meet with him at 3 in the afternoon. You know what? What he really wants you to do is not just, just meet with him. He wants you to talk with him all day long. And, and, and maybe start interrogating these thoughts that I have that come out of nowhere. and Saying, where'd that come from? That's not of you, God. And bring that thought before him and he'll say, yeah, that wasn't for me. He won't judge you. He won't forsake you. And he'll say, thank you. Now let's cast it to hell where it belongs. Let's rise up and keep on trucking. I'm with you. Do you know that's what God wants us to do every day? Be in relationship with him. A real relationship with him. Because the thing is, our spiritual condition on the inside, it affects everything. Somebody say everything. 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 If you're spiritually sick, you'll say hurtful things to your wife. If you're spiritually sick, you'll be stressed and anxious all the time. You won't be no fun to be around. If you're spiritually sick, you'll harbor unforgiveness. You'll hate other people. You'll judge other people. God wants to come in, cleanse your life, cleanse your heart, cleanse your mind, so that you don't have to live that way. Amen? I don't want to live that way. I want to walk in the fullness of Christ. Here's the thing the Lord showed me. Uh, I like watching movies. Anybody like watching movies? Uh, think of like a, like a big action movie. You know, maybe uh, usually like with, when there's like the FBI involved or the CIA or the government or something, there's always like this top security clearance room, you know, it's like a vault. You need like a special security card to get into it, right? You put it in there and it goes, and then it goes, and it opens up. Maybe like the Bat Cave where Batman keeps his bat suit. You know, you got to be a security card. He's, oh, yeah. And so what the Lord showed me is a lot of us are, are, are trying to fight these battles and we're losing because we've given that security card that you need to put in that slot to open up that most sacred place. You've given that card to the devil. He has the card and the access to all of your thoughts and your life. And he can't leave until you evict him. When's the last time you gave that security clearance card to Jesus? When's the last time you said, Jesus, you can go in that dark thought? You can go in that dark memory. I give you permission, God. He won't judge you, forsake you. He, he wants to do business with you. He wants you to repent and renounce it for what it is. But he wants to pick you up, man. So maybe it's as simple as us giving us that card, that authority, that permission from the devil to Jesus. And you can begin to feel better and think clearer and have peace and have freedom. Amen. Look at 3 John 1, 2. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Anybody thankful Jesus died for your sins? Thankful that your soul is prospering based on that fact. 
Well, Jesus don't want to stop there with your soul. He came to redeem your body, your mind, your spirit, your soul, your family, your grandkids, your, your job, your ministry. He, don't let it stop at your soul that you're just, oh, I'm going to heaven. I got my fire insurance. No, say, Jesus, I invite you. Take it all, God. He wants it all to prosper. He wants to cleanse it all, especially our minds. It's the last thing that we, we hold on to. I, I, you know, I just want to figure this out on my own. I want to logically think through this problem. I want to logically do this, make this decision. And God's like, you can try that, but my ways are upside down and backwards. If you just trust me, it'll work out. He wants you to give him permission. Look at 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Bringing every what? Every what? Thought. Highlight that. Underline that. That's where we fight. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I shared this a couple weeks ago. I'm just going to share it again because it's so good. When's the last time? Maybe you all started doing that since I asked you. The last time was you started interrogating these thoughts that you're having. Because you know what? When you're at war with somebody, you know what? You don't befriend them. You interrogate the enemy. Why are we befriending these evil thoughts, these things that are not of God? You need to interrogate them and then take them captive. You know, you take captives in war and make it obedient to Christ. See, it's not the thought that, 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 that is actually sin, but it's what you do with that thought that makes it become sin or not. Because when you have the thought, you can breathe life into it, you can pump, uh, you can exaggerate it, you can daydream about it, you can go back and relive it, you can do it. So in that moment, you're either breathing life into that thing that is evil, or you're saying, whoa, where did this come from? This is not of God. I'm not doing it today. I take you captive. I make you obedient to Christ. I send you. You know what? Jesus said that we can bind and loose things. Loose things in heavenly places and bind things here on earth. So I bind that thought. I send it to hell in Jesus' name. It's that simple. You have the power. You have the power to do that. I can't do that for you. I can pray for you. But in that moment, in that fight, in that test, in that trial, only you can do that. We got to do it. Tell your neighbor, say, hey, you got the power. Because he got the power. Y'all sound kind of weak. Y'all don't sound powerful. Tell your neighbor, say, hey, you got the power. Yeah, there you go. That sounded good. Southern. Because he got the power. Amen. You got the power because he's got the power. Right? But you got to fight. You got to use it. You got to do it. Just like anything else. If you don't go to the gym, you don't get buff. I can want to be this way, but if I don't put in the time, the effort, the energy, the sacrifices of eating good, eating clean, then I probably don't get buff. If you want to be spiritually buff, you got to put in the work. you got to put in the time. you got to spend time with God. And these battles, the longer you do them, the better, the better you get and the stronger you become, right? Look at the next point. So this is kind of what I wanted to talk about, this process that we're in as we're transforming. God's transforming us on a daily basis. So it takes 21 days, they say, and in the book it says this also, of consistent focused thought to create a new neurological pathway in your brain. Have you all ever heard that? It takes 21 days to start a new, new habit or get rid of an old habit. You all heard that? It's scientifically been proven. And this new pathway then creates a new subconscious response to the things that try and come against us, right? Stress, anxiety, negativity, allowing you to respond instead in a godly way when we do it the right way. And so it does take 21 days, but I want to backtrack a second. I don't want to just stamp a time frame on here. So maybe you're thinking, oh, if I just like do this for 21 days, at the end of 21 days, I'm just like, aha, Jesus, right? No, that's not how it works, right? Like, you're going to have to continue to cultivate what happened the last 21 days, but what Dr. Leaf talks about in this book, switching on, switching on our brains, is there are barriers and walls that we encounter along this 21-day journey. So you get fired up about maybe starting to go to the gym or starting to eat healthy. Right? You get fired up. You're like, I'm going to do this. 
You start changing your thinking. You start changing ways. And then, like, for a couple days, and then all of a sudden, like, day five hits. Right? <laughs> and you're like, you know what? That cupcake looks really good. And you know what? I'm really busy tonight. I don't know if I'm making it to the gym. And the temptation comes. Now, do you want to stay the course that you started, or has it gotten so hard? It's just so hard now, right? We begin to elaborate in our minds how hard this thing is, how, how impossible this thing might actually become, and then we give up. And so they say at day 7 and day 14, generally, are when these, these, these walls and these barriers come. And if you get to day 21, it gets easier and easier and easier and easier. So through the course of renewing our minds and being transformed by God on a daily basis, I have to be mindful of this because, see, if I told you that the enemy was going to come and attack you on Thursday at 3 o'clock, you'd probably be ready, right? Ready to shotgun loaded, ready to go. So I'm telling you that if you're making these, trying to make these good decisions, you're trying to renew these good habits and get rid of some old bad habits, that the attacks are going to come. I'm telling you that so that you can be mindful and be ready so that when that thought does come, you can say, you know what? Pastor Ian said that that would happen. And you know what? I'm not giving up because I'm going to reach my destination. I'm going to reach that goal. I'm going to reach that thing because you know what? It's possible. Right? That's how you fight. And You know what? It's possible. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep trusting God. I'm going to keep coming to church. I'm going to keep coming to small group. I'm going to keep doing all the things. Because my God says it's possible. Look at that last point. So in Scripture, Jesus describes this scenario I'm talking about, this, this, this battle, this inward battle of what God says and how the world wants to, to stifle that thing that God wants to do, and the good things, right? He describes this battle in your for our mind and the strategy of the enemy. Satan wants to steal the seed of truth from your mind so that your life does not bear its fruit, the, the fruit of that promise and the fruit of that truth. But this is what I want you to hear. You were created to win. Jesus is for you. You are created to fight and to win. And so fight and win for your soul, for your body, for your mind, especially for your mind. Don't let the enemy come in and discourage you. That's all he tries to do. Instead, be encouraged. Right? The enemy has a voice. He speaks a certain way. And God has a voice, and he speaks a certain way. I said earlier that our God is positive is the wrong word. He's, he's all positive. He has a way of showing us and teaching us what he wants to do. And the way he speaks is, I am taking you places. I am taking you here. We are going to go and do this. Right? God says where he's taking me, where, where he's taking me. But this is how the enemy comes in and perverts that. He says, see, you're not there yet. You're not there yet. Check Facebook. Billy Bob, he's there. Oh, good on Instagram and check. Man, Linda Lou, she's there. You really going to trust God for this? That's how the enemy comes in through our thoughts and perverts the direction and path that God has for us. God says, I'm taking you, but you have to trust me. It may take a day, it may take a week, it may take a year. But I know if you trust God, man, when you get there, when you accomplish that goal, when you get to that task or overcome that task, conquer that thing, no one is ever going to talk you out of that miracle that God did in your life. Right? Because you put in the sweat, you put in the blood, you put in the work, you put in the faith. And the enemy knows that. When you buy in and you get on board, God wants to bless your socks off. And when he does, it's going to be worth it. I promise you. Look at Mark 4 through 9. And then we're actually going to read through verse 20. We're going to skip a couple verses in the middle. So it says, listen, this is Jesus. He's teaching a parable. It says, a farmer went out to plant some seed. 
As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on the shallow soil with an underlying rock. The seed sprouted up quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun since it did not have deep roots. Somebody say deep roots. We need deep roots, folks. We need deep faith. We need deep passion and zeal for God. So it died, it says. Verse 7, Other seed fell along the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Well, the disciples, after they go back, they they didn't quite understand. So they asked Jesus, and Jesus goes on and continues to teach. And in verse 13, he says, Then Jesus said to them, If you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. Seed is the word of God for you and me. The word of God, the promises of God, seeds, right? The seed that fell on a footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at at once and take it away. The seed on rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems. Somebody say problems. Or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life. The lure of wealth and the desire for other things so no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest 30, 60, even 100 times as much as had been planted. Guys, stop letting the world doubt yourself, Satan. Snatch those precious seeds that God is spreading over your life, speaking over your life every single day. Like I said, when it gets hard, bear down. When it gets hard, get on your knees if you have to. Put up a fight. Don't just roll over like a whoop puppy. Fight. And find somebody who will have your back, who will fight with you and pray for you. Because these seeds are being snatched every single day. Trust God, trust the process. And to win, guys, we have to believe God's word is truth. So if Jesus is teaching us truth, stop telling him you can't because you can. You can't do it apart from him, but with him you can. What's Philippians 4.13 say? For I can do all things through who gives me, man, he can be spiritually buff. You have to rely on him. You can kick the devil's teeth out if you rely on him. Man, y'all join me in prayer. I felt like as I was studying, preparing for today, that the first thing God wanted to do for altar call today was for us, a lot of us, just to simply repent to renounce this stinking thinking. Somebody say stinking thinking. This stinking thinking, that's exactly what it is. When we allow despair and and doubt and disbelief to take over and control our minds and keep us stuck in this mental space of preventing us from entering into this place of faith and possibility and believing and trusting God and And having joy even in the midst of of my desert season even. In the midst of this process or this unnew season, this thing I've never seen, experienced, or felt, it may be hard. And God's saying, just choose me and you you can have freedom. You can have joy. So I felt like he just wants us just to repent from that bad thinking. So if you're here today and you want to do that, you want to say, Pastor Ian, I want to begin to agree with God begin to think and think life and speak life today, the rest of the day, and tomorrow when I wake up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think of the God of possibility for my life. If that's you, I want you just to raise your hands up real high in this place. If you want to agree with God, look at all those hands. Hallelujah. 
Thank you so much. Keep those hands raised. I want to go ahead and pray over you. I want to pray over those hands. Keep them raised up high if you want to agree with God. Lord, I thank you for these hands. Thank you for all these people, real people going through real things. I thank you for their honesty and their transparency in the house of God. Lord, they, this is because they have their hands raised. doesn't mean they've, they've sinned or fallen short, God, but they just want to repent of, the, of, 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 of stinking thinking. They want their minds to be renewed and cleansed by your word. The word repent literally means to return to the high place. These folks want to return to that high place you have for them. I see them ascending, coming up out of the ashes in Jesus' name and arising in faith in Jesus' name. Thank you for those hands. Amen. Last thing I want to do is invite you to enter into a forever family. If you have not made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, I want you to make that decision today. Why let another day go by? Don't tell yourself, talk about stinking thinking, I might have a chance tomorrow, I'll get right with God next week or next month or next year. Because the Bible says that when he comes, he's going to come like a thief in the night. And in that moment, your spiritual condition is going to be the thing that decides, determines whether if you're going to heaven or hell. And I want you to decide for Christ today. He decided for you. You were on his mind when he went to the cross. So if you want to say yes to Jesus, make him Lord and Savior, Right now, I want you to do something. I want you just to stand up right now. Stand up in this place. Don't be shy. Don't be afraid. If you're born again, I want you to pray for the lost right now. If you want to stand, no one's looking at it. We're praying for you right now. If you want to make that decision. If you're watching us online, tell us you're making that decision, please. Say, I'm standing. I'm making that decision. Type that in the chat for us so we can see that and pray for you. Amen. And I want to lead us all in a prayer. Someone be making that decision online and I cannot see them. So y'all repeat after me loud and proud. Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you. We accept your son. We believe in your son. And we confess that your son is Lord and Savior over my life. Holy Spirit, come. Help. Lead. And guide my life until you call me home. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Who wants to give God a hand this morning? Awesome. So awesome. It's always such a privilege to gather and do church together. We love y'all very much, okay? So good to be back this week. Y'all come back next week. Invite a friend. Be ready to party hardy after church. We're going to have a good time. Fellowship. And, uh, so enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Y'all just...